0: This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers—they're here to help.
1: He has time launches it to the end zone. Touchdown! Terrence Williams
2: it goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He puts Oh, he's the
1: Red Raider, the ten. him up the right sideline. He's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first i see
0: Hello and welcome to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, in studio, very stressed out right now, sitting with Mike Craven. Mike, how are you doing?
1: Not stressed at all.
0: Yeah, your your team played yesterday, we're recording this during the Arsenal-Chelsea match, and it is currently 2-2, and so I had to pull myself away from the game to make sure this is that we got to be able to
1: Yeah, because for those who don't know, Ish, giant Chelsea fan. Yeah. All right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no comment from, no, no comment no from Ish. No comment at
0: all. <laughs> Uh, that other voice you hear is producer <laughs> Malpau, Mallory. Hello.
1: Hello. I'm excited to sprinkle a little bit of soccer in this college football podcast.
0: <laughs> we will see. <laughs> Hopefully this match needs to get to halftime so I can stop looking at the score. <laughs> uh, not really. It's kind of a light show today. Um, we do have an interview, not with a coach, but uh, we do have a sponsored interview with a the co-founder of a consulting firm uh, that basically, long story short, athletes to athletes. They are a consulting firm from athletes who had their own recruiting process when they were in high school and they realized how much goes into picking a college whenever uh, uh, you know you're being recruited from a young age and so they decided to kind of do this this firm that that helps kids kind of run down more or less like everything involved with in the process major career moves uh down they can they'll analyze your highlight film and be like what where do you fit, right? So sports-wise, off the field, there's a bunch of different things. Um, I talked to Reed Meyer, the co-founder and uh CEO of Athletes to Athletes, and we'll be playing that. It's not a long interview, but I do think he gives a interesting perspective of to me, and hopefully you get this from the interview. To me, what um kind of is the it's kind of a forgotten story a little bit, especially when you get below the power five level mm-hmm. with sub D1, even. Um you get to these you you obviously think about the top 100 recruits They're they've probably been followed since they were in like seventh eighth grade they have the probably more or less have the right people around them or at least people that know what to get out of the situation what they should be looking for things like that that's not always the case that's honestly the exception when it comes to probably 95 percent of the other people that recruit in this country uh probably even more like closer to 99 percent who don't have that um I kind of relayed my own experiences, not as an athlete, but just as somebody who's a first-generation college student. A bunch of things sure. that you didn't consider, right? How do I fill out FAFSA, right? Things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I talked with Reed a little bit about what the idea behind athletes to athletes is, and how that fits into NIL, current, you know, modern uh, 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 modern uh, transfer portal, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, we'll get into that, we'll, and we'll kind of get into a little. Uh, I think it'll be a good time to kind of discuss just. That kind of whole process in general um, after we uh, play that interview. Like I said, not long. But before that, uh, we do have some headlines a little bit. Uh, Texas Tech, I think this is, to me, this was kind of one of the marquee moves mm-hmm. this past week. Added a former five-star tight end, Baylor Cup from Brock, uh, obviously uh, lastly of AM. and battled injury the past couple years uh kind of just showed up in a red raider uniform uh on tuesday and it was like hey i'm I'm playing for joey mcguire now and i think that's a pretty pretty damn good get
1: yeah it's a really good get especially because mcguire showed up to tech and one of the things he's talked about is instilling toughness in there i don't Mm -hmm. think that's something we ever think about when we think about the texas tech program sure so he wants some guys in there that can bring that level of physicality for anybody who's ever watched baylor cup just stand somewhere, right? Right. I mean, just yes. like just the way he looked, like he is a in, imposing physical presence. That you know, maybe if he's lost some of his athleticism from the injuries over the last couple of years, he can still be a guy you can put on the end of your offensive line and, and add his sixth blocker up right. there sure. for the run game with Taj Brooks, Sodagic. Uh, Thompson, so uh, I do think it's a it's a good addition, and it just shows you know kind of what Joey McGuire and his kind of brand can do. You know, I think Texas Tech will be a place over the next couple years where you start seeing some of these big time recruits uh, that maybe didn't work out at their first place for whatever reason go to Tech before he can really get the recruiting momentum. You know, a couple cycles uh, to where he doesn't have to do that anymore, but. Yeah. Yeah, a big pickup for for Tech, and I think it adds some physicality and some toughness to that that position group. Yeah, their their offense just
0: gets more and more intriguing, I think, Mm -hmm. the more that you look at what they could potentially field. Because I was talking to you about this off-air. It seems like a lot of people on Twitter seem to think that Donovan Smith's firmly in the starting quarterback race, which I kind of more or less penciled in Tyler Shuck as the guy coming back, and it was such a big uh, coup for – for Wells when he got him from Morgan that I kind of figured, you oh, know, that's going to be the guy. Um, but now it doesn't seem like it, it seems, I think he, he has the inside track, but I don't know if he's the nailed on guy. Here's
1: what I would say is you go back and you look at Cedar Hill success. Yeah. He's always had a guy who could run the football a little bit. Sure. And Donovan Smith, while not a Blazer, he's yeah. about 250 pounds. Mm. You know, he's going to, he can give you something in the quarterback run game mm-hmm. that maybe opens up some stuff. I, I do think the strength of this Texas Tech team in 2022 is in the run game. Sure. And if you add Donovan Smith to that, now all of a sudden you got, you put him next to Thompson or Taj Brooks in the backfield right there. You got two big dudes who can come at you and do some option stuff, some RPO stuff. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Donovan Smith is in that mix. I, like you, I feel like Tyler, Tyler Shuck may be better suited for what we consider a Zach Kitley offense over the last couple of years. Right. Uh, but it'll be interesting, like we've talked about on this podcast, to see where that Zach Kitley offense winds up, having to mold it to what Joey McGuire wants from an offense. And I don't think we see them throw the ball 60, 65 times a game. I think that helps somebody like Donovan Smith, who can do more than just pass the ball. Sure.
0: Uh, Staying in the Big 12, Texas landed a pretty big prospect of their own, or transfer, I should say. a Jai Hall, wide receiver from Alabama, who, you know, if you know Alabama, they know something about receiver, and naturally they're probably going to have too many receivers. And so it wasn't a surprise that he announced his transfer um, and probably somebody he's a little bit familiar with, with Steve Sarkeesian. Um, I think he – he, I'm pretty sure he probably committed under Steve Sarkeesian, yep. right? He didn't step on campus obviously until last year, but committed under Sarkeesian. Decided to probably rekindle that uh, that relationship, and I mean, if you're a Texas, you add another somebody somebody on the outside, which is. Continuing what you need, you just need to continue to add playmakers, take a lot of load off of Bijan Robinson, a lot of load off uh, Xavier Worthy, and you, if you do think you have the generational guy in Quinn Ewers, like just surround him with as much talent as you can, and they'll
1: figure it out. Yeah, I mean that wide receiver room had to get better. Because yeah. Jordan Whittington's rarely healthy, so it's mm-hmm. hard to count on him, and so you were kind of looking at a, a room that was just like Xavier Worthy and who else? Right. You know, who else was in there? You know, they were hoping that Marcus Washington would step up. Uh, but when you look at it now, you know, Isaiah Nayor from from mm-hmm. Wyoming, mm-hmm. you know, who was, get, a, yeah. who was a, who is a big time wide receiver. They get him to come in there. Jalil Billingsley, the tight end from Alabama mm-hmm. that they have added in there. Um, and now you add uh, at a hall and. You know, Xavier Worthy was a All-American freshman last year. They were in the same class. Xavier Worthy was the eighth-rated wide receiver. You know, Hall was the fifth-rated wide receiver. So, yeah, recruiting rankings aren't everything. Sure, but it just shows you the type of talent that that Texas is adding to that roster. Where you know, a couple of those guys should be able to emerge. And if Whittington can stay healthy, now all of a sudden you got four options there going into the off season, You may have had one. So, yeah. uh, a big positional upgrade on the edges uh, for Texas. Who also, you know, Jatavian Sanders is starting to have a yeah. pretty big spring. And so that, that skill position group couldn't be really good. I think quarterback's going to be fine at uh, Texas. It's still just about the offensive line and we'll see if they add any more pieces to that over the summer.
0: Yep. Uh, let's see, going a little bit, I guess uh, tangentially from Texas to Houston. Uh, You said Houston added a, uh, a presumptively, a starting right tackle. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you know, I was at Houston last week talking to Dana Holgerson about his roster, and you could tell right tackle was the spot up front that he was a little concerned about coming Mm -hmm. out of spring practice. And so you get a Tyler Johnson, who's a Houston kid. You know, we always talk about what Sonny Dykes did at SMU, kind of turning them into kind of that retread Dallas place. Mm -hmm. You know, like, hey, you're from here. It didn't work out wherever let's come back come back to Dallas and represent for SMU. Right. you know Houston's kind of following that same blueprint or doing the exact same thing um, at Houston Tyler Johnson he went to Conroe Oak Ridge he was there around the Joseph Osai area. I think you can pencil him in at right tackle as long as he's who they think you know he is mm-hmm. he's going to be their presumptive starter at right tackle and that Houston offense, even without Alta McCaskill who, who got injured during spring practice is going to be super super good.
0: Oh 100 percent I definitely look forward to Look forward to kind of what they are, what they're kind of building. And you mentioned, you know, it was kind of obvious that Holgerson was looking at upgrades somewhere, Um, whether, you know, it's still not, it's presumably he'll be the starter, but like, it's still not a guarantee, right? He didn't play that much at Texas the past couple years. And so you're just kind of hoping that at least a new body will rejuvenate that room and like give you more options to where, you know, if he is the guy, you know that that's great. But if if he brings out the best in somebody who wasn't getting it done at at, at a time too, that's also a plus.
1: Usually. And also, you just you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with players. Yeah, 100%. you know, is this isn't a video game where right. it's like no matter where you end up at school, you're going to become the player you were meant to become or right. whatever that that is, like. You know, like Tyler, his change of scenery could be all that Tyler Johnson needs. Sure. He, he could step out and be like an incredible offensive lineman. Where in a year or two, people are like, "Why didn't he play at Texas?" Well, right. there's there's a hundred variables that could be the reason for that. So I do think with this new transfer portal area era, it's really quick for. Fans to be like, oh, well, he didn't work out at one place. Why is he going to work out at, at this other place? And it's like, well, I don't know. How did you do with your boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Like <laughs> right. Every sometimes different circumstances like help and, and change like the way that you know production can be valued. So sure. uh, I think a new a new start for him back at home. I think that'll be good for him.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, somebody who gets a new start, uh, this one's out of state, but still pretty significant in, our, in my opinion. Matrix Davis, uh, former North Shore quarterback, of course, went to Auburn. I guess committed to Virginia Tech, then committed to Auburn. I think decommitted after Gus Malzahn left, and then recommitted under Brian Harsin. Uh It's been a rough, rough couple years. Uh, I guess a year for him. Uh, he was firmly, firmly the third quarterback in a quarterback room that really wasn't impressive. So I just think he it just was not a fit. Um, he did not fit whatever Brian Harson was trying to do because Bo Nix obviously wasn't getting it done, and then they were even playing TJ Finley, who was hurt, and it was it just became like. To people in Texas, it became like, why? What's wrong with Demetrius Davis, basically? Or like, what does Brian Harson not see? Well, it wasn't a surprise that he announced he was transferring. I, th- I think it was a surprise where he ended up, Alabama State, uh, HBCU. I think that when you look at this on paper, you're like, oh, Alabama State got a coup. Like they just they got somebody who, in my opinion, at the very least, should be a group of five quarterback. Like I think he can play power five level. I think Auburn again was just a bad fit. But I do think that like that Virginia Tech level is where he should play. This is a two, you know a, a two-time state champion, um, one of the best quarterbacks in high school, just like numbers wise, high school history, um, starting since he was a freshman. And he, you know, it seems like this kind of HBCU switch is a thing. And I I think if you're Prairie View, you're a little bit upset that <laughs> you couldn't get the hometown kid uh, or Texas Southern, but they're kind of st- set at quarterback. But you get what I'm saying. If you're a FCS uh, Houston area program, you're probably like, huh, Alabama, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah. Prairie View could have used him. You know, pra- Prairie View yeah, could have used him. And they had Juwan Pass from Louisville last year. He's gone now. So, you know, a little bit of a hole at quarterback. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, a a big time deal. I I honestly think NIL can help the SWAC as much, if not more, Mm -hmm. than anywhere else. You know, like, I don't know how much it helps Alabama. Those kids were already getting paid. Sure. Right? Georgia, those kids are already getting paid. Texas, Texas A&M, those kids are already getting stuff.
0: They just got to put it on their taxes. Right. Right. Yeah,
1: now they just got to claim on tax. They're probably losing money (laughs) in a lot of those (laughs) deals. Uh, You know, at the SWAC, though, you know, with with the HBCUs, I do think there is an opportunity to go get some NIL money um, Mm -hmm. and and some opportunities for guys that, you know, maybe they wouldn't have even thought of that as an option four or five years ago. Now it becomes an option. I think it's really cool as somebody who's always like enjoyed SWAC football and and likes the history of it. And uh, I'm rooting for him, you know, because you make one of those moves like that. Yeah. Thinking it's going to turn into a lot of playing time and a good career and that kind of stuff, and so I hope he I hope he ends up settling in there and doing well because anybody like us who watches t- Texas high school football, you know, regularly, you know, he's a legend in the state. You yeah, know, one of the all time greats at, at quarterback. He you know started as a freshman at a place like Galena Park North Shore. So I've never heard anybody say one bad thing about him. And right. uh, you know, yeah, just hoping that it, it works out for him at the at the SWAC level. Yeah, wasn't and he there I, when the whole uh, hail mary? Oh yeah, no, he, he was okay. He I was about it. to say, I'm yeah. pretty sure he's the one who threw it, but yep. I didn't wasn't. That was sure.
0: to me. That was the breakout game. Like he was, he was pretty good as a. I think probably a sophomore year was probably his best year. I think. Yeah. yeah. He kind of like hit a peak and he kind of stayed there. He didn't really get better. He definitely didn't get worse. He was still up there. But um, that state championship game was the first game I saw of him in person, and I was watching him go against a Duncanville defense that was insane. Just Scary. loaded, loaded. <laughs> And he was like – and he was the best player on the field that game. Yeah. Like you're just like – you're watching the sophomore. You're like, how is he – there was one pass. Well, Quinton
1: um, Jackson was the best player on oh, the that, field yes, that Oh, yes, fair. Day. Yes, yes. Right. It's very, right.
0: very fair. Um, But there was one pass that me and Tepper still talk about where the pocket collapses and it was like he was running a quarterback drill. It was like he hop-stepped in, one side-stepped back, and then just like let a rocket. And you're just like, that stuff that like – He's been going to camp since he was in like fifth grade right. <laughs> and like he's that's the exact type of cone drill that you do
1: John K. allowed Demetrius Davis to change plays at the line of scrimmage as a freshman in high school yeah
0: Jesus that that nuts that's all you uh, need to know yeah right yep so uh, I, w- I do want to stay on that topic because we'll shift to our interview in a bit with uh, with Reed Meyer but I, w- I do kind of want to talk a little bit about that because we mentioned how Nil and all that can kind of help HBCUs and a lot of that and a lot of uh, programs like that. But one of the things that I I talked to Reed about was how, again, er, not everybody gets the Bryce Young deal, right? That Mm -hmm. was the first one that kind of came out was like, he's getting a million dollars to do whatever. I can't remember what it was. But not everybody gets that deal, right? More often than not, you're getting the – you might get a free laptop from the local tech store, right? You just got to put out a tweet or something and all that. NIL, I think that's where NIL – where we're still trying to figure out NIL. And I think that's where a lot of people aren't really – covering slash looking into that much. Cause I think that's also where you could probably get a little more of the shady activity, mm-hmm. right? Cause then I, there, I hate the, I hate the phrase wild west cause it's just like a negative connotation. It makes it seem like I'm against something, but there is like a wild west factor to the NIL right now I'm in favor of it overall, but there is like a unregulated part of it, right? If somebody signs a bad deal or a shady deal, there's nobody saying, Hey, We should ban this guy, or like we should black blacklist this guy to where they can't do that again. You're just kind of like, well, you live and you learn, and you Mm -hmm. may lose money, or you may have to transfer or something because the deal didn't work out or whatever, right? right? Um, And I do wonder, like, you know, that that's to me that's that's the that's kind of the unexplored part right now of NIL because everybody will report the Bryce Young deals, the Texas, you know, offensive line deals, and all that stuff. That's no problem, but I do think that when you get to that sub de- sub power 5 level especially, you get to the more like intricate, weird uh deals that, you know, aren't exactly the the lucrative ones that were that are going to make headlines.
1: I've seen a couple at North Texas where a couple of players will partner with some of the bars on the on yeah. Fry Street, mm-hmm. you know, hey, put out a tweet, go watch the game here right. or something, you know, it's a little bit of a yep. smaller. Yep. What's been interesting for me in this whole NIL deal is like Quite literally what it was supposed to do is in the name. Name image like yeah, right. that's yeah. where you were supposed to make your money. Mm-hmm. But it's becoming an enticement, right? Like, it wasn't exactly. supposed to be a recruiting tool. It wasn't it was supposed to be about your name on the back of your jersey, not right. necessarily the name. Signing on your, autographs, you know, stuff like right, that. Right, right. It was it was supposed to be that. And it's turned into like collectives that are raising money to like just give to anybody who comes to the school and then enti- you know, there's there's reports that like a Tennessee commits getting like seven, eight, nine million dollars right over, like, yeah. four years or something like that. And so to me, they just have to figure out how to get it back, or how to at least get it to where it was supposed to be, be about. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't supposed to change the landscape of who you're signing. It was just supposed to allow the people that you sign to go get some autographs, or sure. go coach a camp, or right. be on a TV commercial, or you know, whatever. And so, I think it's just been bastardized, right? Sure. Like That's it just fair. people like me who were banging the drum for it mm-hmm. now look at it and go, well. Well, that's not what I was banging the drum over. You know, like I just wanted John to be able to go like sign some autographs or, you know, be on a Chevy commercial or, you know, whatever the case, you know, go coach a camp or whatever. And so I just think over these next three or four years, somebody some some somebody something needs to be done to rein it in. The problem is who is going to do it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like who has the power to do it? Yeah. And so it's just, a, it's just with the transfer portal and the NIL. There's a lot of things out there in college football that needs that need to be reined in. The problem is, is, there's just not a governing body that has the power to do so.
0: Sure, exactly. So, but without further ado, I do want to get into our interview with Reed Meyer of Athletes to Athletes. Uh, we're starting a partnership with them uh, and Dave Campbell's, and we're you'll be seeing uh, or you'll be hearing or seeing Reed's face on a couple other podcasts as well. Really good guy. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And here's my interview with Athletes to Athletes. Hi, I'm Mishmael Johnson with Texas Football, and I'm sitting here with Reed Meyer from one of the co-worker, uh, co-founders, I should say, and CEOs of Athletes to Athletes. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for sitting with us today. Uh, just go ahead and give. You know, you're gonna be, you're gonna be seeing Reed's face. Long story short, on a lot of platforms. But for Republic of Football, this podcast that'll be airing on, uh, give it a little bit of an overview about what Athletes to Athletes is.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So we are a one-on-one advising service for high school student athletes that want to compete in college and mm-hmm. our sort of big angle is that we really help kids make that holistic decision. We don't yeah. just focus on athletics. We want to make sure you're satisfied academically, athletically, financially, and in your own personal needs. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for our audience in particular, you know, we were a college football podcast,
0: uh, Republic of Football is, and sure you have the Texas, you have the A&Ms, but like, you know, we have so many other sub power five, sub D1 schools that. You know, when you when you get to the Power Five level, of course, like a lot of that stuff, you're, if you're a five star, four star kid, you've been recruited for a while. You probably have people around you that are, you know, you may have connections, things like that, to where you're kind of your hands kind of held a little bit throughout that process. But if you're somebody going to a group of five school, right, somebody going D two, D three, you're probably not as well versed, right? I wasn't an athlete, but I was a first generation college student. and I was a lot of things where it was like. I'm not really sure about FAFSA and like all this stuff. <laughs> you know, is that kind of the stuff that, you're, that you want to help focus on? Is that the audience that you want to kind of help as well?
2: Absolutely. Yes. No, we, we, we see the same thing that you're talking about right now. I mean, it's it's as if every year it gets a little more complicated. They change the rules just a little bit mm-hmm. coaches get a little smarter. Admissions sure. gets a little more confusing. And just having somebody there to help you sort of navigate that process from start to finish and being able to put your best foot forward and create the most opportunities for yourself at the college level, we feel is something that's so important and, and so deserved by all the student athletes that, you know, involved in this process
0: yeah what's one of the common mistakes you see i want to stick to that group of five you know or sub d1 level mm-hmm. you know from from athletes who are maybe from athletes who are looking at that level what's some common mistakes or not mistakes but common maybe potholes they fall into
2: yeah absolutely i think you know for so many kids there's this expectation that you know power five or bust there's sure, this thinking sure. of you know it's this unilateral bar of success that every kid that competes in high school athletics should always shoot for the same level the whole way. And that's just simply not true. Mm-hmm. I think you know a lot of it is just breaking the, the stigma or the mold that is, you know it's, it's those big conferences are bust. You right. can have so much success and such a rich college experience at any one of these schools, at any one of these levels, and finding a fit that allows you to play on a team where you feel valued, you feel welcomed, mm-hmm. you're able to contribute to the team, you're able to get a degree that you're excited about, live in a city you wanna be in, mm-hmm. create a network of people that you wanna be around. That is really the big difference. And so straying away from those outside forces of, you know, what your friends think you should be doing, what mm-hmm. parents have expectations of, what that person down the street you think might think you should be doing, Sure, those things don't matter. Yep. Find a fit that works for you. And, and if that's a group of five, if that's a D2, if that's a power five, then that's fantastic. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that one of the things that I mentioned myself being a first year college student, like, I feel like, especially when you're an athlete, have a lot of people coming at you with different things right where it's like you know especially now with nil um i guess Mm -hmm. we can kind of transition to that as well how do you kind of guide again especially i want to stick because everybody hears about the bryce young deals with alabama right oh a million (laughs) like not that's not going to be everybody's deal right a lot of people a lot of these kids are going to have like maybe a laptop deal with the local you know tech store or something like that how is that kind of how's nil kind of enter the conversation with with you guys
2: yeah absolutely i mean i think it's like you said it's it's sort of this this universal thing that yeah. just sort of exists across sports nowadays right. and so I think one of the biggest things that we try to do is just sort of put it in perspective and, and kind of almost level set a little bit because exactly like you said I mean there's only one price there's only right. one you know of these power five dominant folks that to be honest with you you know 95 to 98 percent of the, the funds for this thing are going to those folks sure but that's not to say there's an opportunity at every given level and I think it's just understanding what those opportunities are it's hosting camps, mm-hmm. it's doing certain social media activation, it's hyper-local activity. You know, there's These college towns thrive off of these environments and off of these kids, and yeah. if there's a way for you to connect with that group or connect with something you're passionate about, mm-hmm. then you can really make the most of it. But for us, it's really just understanding how the process works and, and building a foundation of who you are so that you don't spend the first semester of the first year in college trying to figure out this other thing that you mm-hmm. now have to do, because mm-hmm. now you're a student and you're an athlete. And for lack of a better term, you're you're a small business owner. Sure. So you have to yeah. be able to manage all three of those things. Exactly. One of the stories that actually kind of stood out to me on
0: your on your guys' website, uh, Testaments, was from um, uh, I believe it was a baseball player, Harley, I think was his name, um, and he talked about like how at a young age he was obsessed with rankings, and he was obsessed with with camps, and mm-hmm. like you know from like eighth grade or as a freshman in high school, he's like obsessed with where he's ranking in the state and things like that. <laughs> like and and he he said you guys met you guys kind of like reeled him in a little bit to where, like, you shouldn't be, you know, that's somebody's evaluation of you. That's not necessarily should be the end all be all of what you, what how you kind of gauge your college experience or your college like destination, mm-hmm. you know, um, is that something as well? Because of course, you know, you, you see the 247s, we have our own recruiting rankings as well. You see the rankings, people love to, you know, it's a, it's a game to some people, some people, but there are, I feel like there is a thing, especially now that the recruiting game's kind of taken off, like it's become where it's like if I'm not a three star or I'm not a whatever, like I'm not gonna go to college or I'm not gonna go to the one that I I feel like I deserve or something, is that kind mm-hmm. of something that
2: you've seen as well? Yeah, you know, I think it's certainly something we have to address with the majority of the kids that we talk to and mm-hmm. and I think you you just help them understand. And again, it's, it's level setting, it's setting expectations, it's putting things in context. What we tell all of our kids is, you know, Really, at the end of the day, rankings are a third party judging you off of a leisure activity. Sure, That's really what it comes down to. And not to say that those don't have value in their own spaces, obviously, in, in a spot like this. Mm-hmm. But you know, for a kid, help them understand that, hey, you're still a kid. Like yeah. That doesn't define you as a person. This is one person's evaluation of what they saw you at a certain time or over a string of games. And hey, that's great. And if you can use it to your advantage, fantastic. And if not, you gotta learn to dump that and just move on to the next thing. And, and you know your value and, and you can present that value to, to the right school at the right time for the right place. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, like I said, as somebody who was a first-generation college student, um, whether, uh, I couldn't imagine having to deal with the many different obstacles that athletes have to deal with as well. It's like, oh, how much money they're offering you, how much, you know, all this, et cetera, playing time, all these other factors that I was just trying to figure out my major compared to whatever they're trying to figure (laughs) out, right? Do I fit with this coach? Is this coach gonna leave or whatever? is that kind of stuff as well that you kind of, that you guys kind of uh, handle with them?
2: Absolutely, yeah, I think you know, we, again, we just try to do as, as best we can to sort of slow the process down, yeah. create a bit of a system, give them the opportunity to, to evaluate sort of each piece and then build a whole so that when they're making that decision you know, you're going in, 95 percent prepared with Mm. that last five percent of hey you never know what's going to happen in college but as opposed to sort of letting other people dictate their college recruiting process you don't want to be reactive in the process we want to help our kids be proactive in the process sure and uh yeah let's just say that i hope that this
0: continues to grow because with nil coming in like again i believe for the by and large everybody deserves to make money off their name i think by and large everybody's doing it with uh everybody who's offering them something has their best interests at heart, but you're gonna find those potholes, right? Especially something that's unregulated and kind of un, I hate the phrase Wild West because it feels like a negative connotation, but right now there is nothing really overseeing all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of hope that organizations like yours can continue to help these kids and uh, kind of uh, help build towards their future.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. We're one kid at a time.
0: Yeah, for sure, (laughs) man. Thank you. Thanks again to Reed Meyer of Athletes to Athletes for sitting down with us in the studio. Um, Yeah, like I said, like it, as somebody who is from, I mentioned in the interview a bunch of times, like from a first generation college family, like these kind of resources and especially ones in particular like this one where it is athletes that have been through this, went through the negatives in like, hey, how the hell do I do this in terms of like you know, balancing fit academically versus fit athletically. Right. Like if I'm a running back or something and this team's an air raid, is that working for me? But also like, do they have my major? (laughs) Right. So like things like that, because uh, so few, obviously so few players go pro, um, from this, that you do have, to, you know, a lot of, most kids have to do in fact, consider what they do take. Um, and I think one of the things that I'm, (laughs) that you always hear about is like, are like the fake classes. Or it's like, if, if they just want you to come to the school, they're like, yeah, you can just be in whatever. What they don't tell you is like, you graduate in four years, you don't go pro, you have some degree that you don't really know anything basket about. Basket weaving. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> underwater basket weaving. And you're like, hey, go get, go live your life now. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, these are the kind Th- of- Thanks
1: for your service. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, these are the kind of resources, in my opinion, that I would have, you know, if I, if I had this struggles in, ath- in athletics, I would have tried to find yeah. something like this because yeah. it is a- it's a whirlwind.
1: I can speak to it a little <laughs> bit uh, from personal experience, just yeah. from my little brother. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. he he was at Liberty Hill. Um, you know, this is Liberty Hill had been winning state championships and stuff. But at those small schools, yeah. they don't have like recruiting coordinators right. mm-hmm. and, and guys who are dedicated to like getting your film out and talking to coaches yep. and, and figuring that stuff out with you. You know, Coach Walker is, was a great guy. Yeah. But as soon as you were kind of done with your, you know, like he was moving on to the next group, he had sure. another state title to yeah. go win. And so my mom had to make the huddle film mm-hmm. you know like my mom had to send it out to sure. a bunch of colleges you know and so you know they had to do a lot of their own research at the same time I and mean, having a service like this would have been invaluable yeah. to them you know because he was a guy who was playing tight end in and a slot t mm-hmm. so it hadn't mm-hmm. caught me right, yeah, like <laughs> you know but he's like six five two four you know yeah. and so it, it was like it was coming up with that kind of stuff and if you don't have the contacts, you don't, you know, like, who do you even email? Sure. You know, sure. like how, how do you even know what to do if you're not inside that business? And I was too young to really help out. I didn't know anything either. You know, I was in college doing my own thing. So, yeah, I, I do think a service like this can really help everybody, but mostly, the small school guys yes. that maybe don't get as much help getting into that next level at a place like he ended up playing at Southeastern Louisiana, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we would have never even known what that school <laughs> right. was. Right? right, we're from Central Texas, like yep. we're from Bertram, Texas. We have no idea. Yeah. And so it's just one of those deals where there are a lot of options out there. You just need somebody to help you find them. Yep. And if if the place can be a telephone book for you and it can give you those kind of ideas and and scratch some places off or maybe put some names, you know, some colleges in front of you that you would have never even thought of, Mm -hmm. you know, free money is free money. Sure. You know, like if you can go and you can get some of your college paid for, that's a victory. We get stuck in this D one or bust society or whatever, but yeah, go get some money on your books and and make it cheaper, get a college degree, play some football. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's the dream, right?
0: That was the, that was the thing that he hinted on in the interview as well was like, it's kind of getting those kids out of that D one or bus mentality yeah. because there's a testimonial on the website that mentions a, a baseball player who talked about how he became obsessed with rankings in like sixth grade. Oh, where it's gosh, like, I'm it's like so a young. second baseman and I need to be, I need to go to all these camps. I need to make sure that I'm getting ranked and that all this stuff. And it was like, that's great, but, like, you don't need to be worrying about rankings no. because, like, that's somebody else's, you know, tool.
1: And you spend more money chasing yeah. that stuff exactly. than you would You're on paying college. You're
0: hundreds of bucks yeah. to go to these camps and, like, you, you may get noticed, it, you may get And in ranked. baseball,
1: you get put on a partial. Right, yeah, exactly, you know? and exactly. It's yeah. it's like, man, you know, f- yeah. through select ball and all that kind of right. stuff, you spent, You could have paid for your whole <laughs> college just not even playing baseball at all.
0: Yeah, so I think the one of the things that I, I was actually just looking up on Twitter right now was how... To kind of transition a little bit to back to nil because i asked him about this at the end was like okay well i think overall nil is a especially now in the transfer portal era transfer portal like you know it's hard to tell you know we're working on the magazine right now it's hard to tell who's on the damn roster from from <laughs> just from a couple months ago and they have more or less 10 days to still transfer out if they want to uh, so like what we send to press almost 100% will not be what's at the fall just because by nature of people leaving.
1: It's already keeping me up.
0: <laughs> it's going to be bad, trust me. But like that's the nature of the transfer portal. With NIL, I think there is, as that gets more going, I think there is going to be like a little bit of a curtailing a little bit because you have guys like, um, uh, uh, they mentioned in basketball, where was Oscar Shiboy from Kentucky, right? National Player of the Year, he's coming back. Not everybody was expecting him to come back. They were expecting either go pro or the possibility of him transferring. The Kofi Coburn at Illinois is another one. They were okay. thinking he was going to go pro or transfer or come back. He's yeah, I think he's leaving uh, for the NBA. Yeah. um But the nil more or less helped keep Oscar Sheboy in Kentucky. Yeah. Because he's like, I don't know if it's a guarantee that I'm going to get paid a lot of money in the NBA, right? Um, yeah, he's kind of a different kind of big. Um, Kofi Coburn, that's why Illinois was always a realistic prospect, Kofi Coburn. He's not a modern big. When it comes to football, I think that's similar as well, to where like, of course you have seven rounds compared to two in the NBA, but if you're somebody who's, you know, who has a great deal and is making money, you're not struggling, you're not forcing. Uh, Darren Thomas from Oregon is always the, the, the bar I use for this. They go to the national title. He's not a highly touted quarterback prospect, but his mom was like working part-time at Target yeah. that same time a, so he goes pro a strike. yeah, exactly he goes pro doesn't get drafted and it's just kind of in no man's land for basically eternity and Marcus Mariota comes in so like there was no point of him coming back because mm-hmm. uh, he was not gonna get the starting job. but it's like that guy probably comes back. I can give if you a, I can give
1: you a real example from DeMarvion Overshone in Texas. Oh, interesting. If NIL is not in place, DeMarvion Overshone takes his chances in in the league, right? Um, he, yeah. he he's a from a pretty bad pretty pretty impoverished upbringing in ARP, Texas, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Getting selected in the fifth or sixth round changed his life. Oh, 100%. But he didn't have to make that decision. Right. Because he can go and do stuff in Austin and Mm -hmm. get NIL stuff and send a lot of that money back home and buy himself another year, build his stock up, and hopefully be a top three Right. round draft pick and now that really changes your life mm-hmm. well three years ago he'd already be gone oh yeah keandre coburn would be gone sean jameson gone. would be gone because you just get, you got to go try to cash in right yep. uh, now you can cash in and stay
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and that that is a huge huge advantage for those kind of like on the cusp guys mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know and if you're at a place like kentucky shoot, you're probably making more probably as the, say, as yeah. an All-American player of the year at Kentucky than you would be as a ninth guy off the bench rotationally, yeah. right. you know, or going to G play League. in Europe or yeah. something like that. Yep. And so uh, it is – we talk about those top guys too much. Sure. You know, we talk about, like, the 20 people that, like, make $8 million. and But for the most part, I think there's more stories like a DeMarvion on Over Show Yeah. Who kind of – you can stay around, you get your degree. Mm-hmm. You you make some money, you play some college football, and then you kind of you can see where it's not an either or decision.
0: No, I'm 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 of the and this is kind of just a life philosophy thing. I do think we put way too, as a country, I think we put a little bit of way too much emphasis on college in terms of like, it's been it's been forced upon us basically. Like it has to like it's become the new high school degree of what our parents had uh, or what our grandparents had. You can make a living off a high school degree. You you can nowadays, but it's very hard. And so why not make this easier for them to have that avenue, right? Like that's kind of my thing is, yes, I wish trade school and options right out of high school were better for working people, like 100%. But if we are trying to shoehorn every high school student into college, why not make this better for everybody, (laughs) right? Like why not give these athletes a better degree than just what general studies, right? right? Like there's no reason that they should have to be – they should have to do some nonsense major – just because they're they're fo- they're they're trying to also like their coach says, oh, that's too many hours you're taking, right? You're taking away from football, or whatever. So
1: there's somebody listening right now that like wasn't good at anything that had yeah. to pay for their college that is just infuriating. right? One hundred percent. I mean,
0: I mean, me, I paid. for I was gonna say I'm yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> you're like, but mad about it? No, exactly. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. No, yes, that's the other, yeah. By the way, like uh, yeah, I will. I paid for my
1: college too, but I'm not mad about it. wasn't no, I wasn't good, at, I I will, I wasn't good yeah. at anything. I didn't have any, I didn't <laughs> have any skills. I couldn't be mad about it. I was not good. I'm okay
0: if the class of 24 has free college <laughs> like that's just yeah. that's my controversial statement. For the
1: same reason my great-grandma was fine with us drinking you know <laughs> <laughs> i like, she wasn't like i went through prohibition <laughs> none of y'all are ever drinking you Nobody know like, uh, like it's yeah. such a weird concept to me it's like i paid for college it's like okay right. sure like, my grandfather walked to school you know but like i can afford a car yeah, so right, i'm gonna right. drive it
0: I paid for college. It was like, yeah, it was also like 800 bucks. Right. <laughs> in
1: their day. Like, it's yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on that $1,200 loan you took out for <laughs> yeah. four years at Texas state. Right. Oh yeah. You probably own like four houses. Because I'm like, old a- enough to remember that. Like it sure. changed in my college time. Right. right. If you go back and you look at like, like the first couple of semesters I was at UTSA, seriously, mm-hmm. was like four hundred and eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. Like it was wow. something ridiculous. And by the time I was at, at the end, it was like fourteen hundred and eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. You right. know, and so and now it's only grown and grown right. and grown. It's, and it's grown. Just but grown. like my mom went to school for nothing, basically. You know, yeah. like I mean, mm-hmm. ba- ba- it basically was free. Yeah. You know. Sure. And so, and so yeah, houses I, too. Oh, houses are though. Like yeah, my you, grandma and grandpa moved out of their house buddy, because, yeah. like, uh, you know, like. It's time they yeah. can't keep up with all that kind of stuff, right? They bought it 15 years ago for $160,000 in Leander, it's worth $580,000. Oh yeah. my gosh, it is! It... And I was like, and I'm poor, right? You know, like I could
2: afford your old house, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> scary. My, my mom
0: had the conversation when I was moving apartments. She was like, Hey, if you're gonna be up in Dallas for like a while, you know, you should probably look into like something more permanent. I was like, what, how much do you think uh, i make right, like how, right. this how, how long girth- do you
1: think i want to commute huh? <laughs> right it's yeah. like yeah the, like in gatesville the, yeah i was about to the <laughs> <in a> places <laughs> i like can afford i can't durant to. oklahoma <laughs> basically right exactly
0: and so yeah it's like yeah if i want to commute for two hours a day yeah sure fine but uh long story short like you know why not try to help a lot of these athletes who more like like yes, they are from back families, backgrounds that need this help, right? And why not try to make it easier for them? Mm-hmm. Whether it's helping the helping out pick a major that's not complete, you know, bull, you know, or or just giving them some money based off their, you know, name and image and likeness, like we talked about. Yep. Yep. So uh yeah, a little bit of an all over all over episode today, but I don't know. I think this is something that isn't gonna go away, this type of discussion. It's four twenty. No, it-
1: you know, like it was, it, it was going to be a sporadic podcast, yeah. no matter what we try to do, it was going to be all over the place. For those that celebrate, no, I'm kidding.
0: But you get what I'm saying. Uh, you know what, this isn't a topic that's going away, NIL, transfer, all that stuff. This is going to continue. Uh, we'll probably have more episodes like this where it's just like a general Subjects,
1: we're <laughs> in the off season, exactly. Like, it's what off-season. Yeah. We're working on the magazine, yeah, man. Craven's my looking brain, at the my brain is right dying, now. dude. My brain
0: is dying. Uh, I got more phone calls to make for my stories, so yeah, we'll you want to hear an
1: embarrassing story from the road for me before go for we it. go? No, I, would I would love to. I'm sitting in SMU's office, right? And I'm talking to Rhett Lashley, and I had been to TCU the day before. Mm. Uh, I was going to North Texas the, the you know the day after uh-huh. I was yeah. at Houston Rice AM in Texas last week. It's hard to do the appropriate research for every interview. Sure. And mm-hmm. so I realized when I'm sitting there and we're going through the position groups, well, I don't know if Rhett Lashley uses a tight end in my head. You know, I know he's a spread kind of guy mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever. And so I'm like, you, just, you know, coach, you know, do y'all even use a tight end? And it as soon as I asked it. I remembered that literally we had an SMU commit tight end yeah. in our studio on National Signing <gasps> Day signing <laughs> with SMU. Oh my gosh! You yeah. know, <laughs> like he was nice about it. Right, yeah, right. He right. was nice about it. Like, bl- I, I don't blame you. Like how dumb? How do you you do <laughs> use a tight end. You know, like... You had the dude in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> right, what are you talking... Do- <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was, and I, there's probably one from each school that right. way. Where you're like... Just, like, one question. You're, you're like, like, what it's like, what are you doing at Ride Receiver this year? And they're like, well, our leading re- receiver... Yeah, Her- Worthy. Right. <laughs> 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 he's like, he's just like, <laughs> it's like, We got an All-American there, so I guess we're good. It's like, okay. Yeah, I'm because it's just like with like what we were talking about earlier with yeah. the tra- you just it's hard to remember who sure. and, and it's not only on the transfer portal it's that extra covid year. That's yes. it's thrown everybody off. You just can't tell mm-hmm. who is like a senior who's already been applied that year and so now they're right. back or like a senior who hasn't been applied that year and now they're like a 13th year senior like yeah. you just have no clue who is on campus and who right. isn't. Ca- I think uh, I was
0: talking when I was at uh, one of the press conferences at Spav during spring. It, he mentioned, like, he didn't name a name, but he was like, yeah, we're looking, we're hoping to potentially add a, a sixth eligibility guy that'll come back, and, it, and he wouldn't name who, because he was obviously still mulling it over, but we're just like, who, like, what? Like, you're throwing, you're, you're throwing, like, a 27-year-old starter at us now? He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, this guy could come back again. And it's
1: yeah. like, at North Texas, they use the phrase, he's a he's a fifth-year starter for us. And it was like it, was like, it does not make <laughs> a real thing. Like, you no. can't, like, Unless you like tore your ACL in like game two right, and got right. a medical red shirt. Like right. you yeah. couldn't you couldn't do that. Like the, you know? the Jordan Shipley. Where right. It's like he just keeps right.
0: tearing his AC right. or whatever he kept doing. And then, like, he just keeps playing till right. he's 26. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: But, like, otherwise, you can't just start four full years and then be like, yeah, fifth year is good. Let's right. come back and do this yeah. thing. So, right. yeah, it's it's wild. And two or three years, like, once those guys kind of cycle out and gets back to normal, mm-hmm. you're, you're able to go, okay, he was a senior, so he can't be back. Right. But now you look and you're like, he's a senior. Well, is he back? And it's like, this is a weird thing. <laughs> exactly. It's a weird thing. Yeah. He's got uh, 60 games he's played in, then yeah. you'll you'll know for sure. That is, <laughs> that's nuts. That is wild. Luckily for us in Texas, we only have 47 teams that play football, so <laughs> not not too much
0: to Not too many. Uh, so we'll leave it there, but we do want to say maybe uh, as a hint towards the future episodes to come, we will be reaching out to some FCS coaches. Yeah. Uh, yep. So we, we got some good feedback from that interview series from the FBS. Uh, we will transition now, and we figured, why not? We got some good personalities in the FCS ranks. Colby Carthol, Casey Keeler, things like that. Uh, G.J. Kenny now at UIW. Yeah. Yep. Um, Bailiff. Uh, oh at my West West god. Congress, yeah, you know, like, good point. Um, yes. Sub so. D one. Yeah, we'll see. Or I guess not sub D one anymore. They're going up to D one. Yeah, they're moving up. I forget
1: about that. Keep, keep forgetting about that. So That's another thing to try to keep track of. Yeah. Wherever yeah. Player portal. Ugh. Super seniors. Yep. Conference realignment. Yeah. Who knows what our magazine's gonna look like. <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen FBS teams. <laughs> We're gonna fix
0: it on the fly. Yeah. Uh anyway, so that'll do it for us. Uh we will see how how soon that comes together. Uh, but we will be working on that for the near future. Uh for Mike and Mallory, I'm Ishmael Johnson. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you guys later.